Hey, good to be with you this morning. This is uh, Jonathan Dunn streaming live from Rick Bonfin Ministries, and we are in Leviticus chapter 10, everybody's favorite book of the Bible, Leviticus. It's the third book of the Bible, and uh, this is everybody's favorite story, too. It's when Moses' two sons, uh, Nadab and Abihu, get killed <laughs> by the Lord while they tried to offer strange fire. Isn't that just your favorite passage to study? <laughs> it's just very encouraging, right? <laughs> it really encourages everyone to be a, a minister to the Lord, right? Okay. However, I want to say that I think there's some good stuff in here that we can that we can take a look at. So, Pastor Rick started us on Leviticus chapter 10 yesterday morning. Uh, so I hope you listened to that. If you didn't, then uh, go back and take a look at that. It's it's right there uh, on all of the... Right below our video screen on our home page is a little thing that says click here for our archive videos. And you click there and you can get all the videos we've ever... All the Bible studies, 30 minutes each. And uh, you can take a look at all of them right there. We have all kinds of playlists and... I mean, it, you could just spend hours studying the Bible with us. We invite you to do that. So, so here in Leviticus 10, we look mostly at verses 1 and 2, a little bit of verse 3, and I'm going to, as we talked uh, after yesterday's Bible study, that, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tackle the, uh, ch- uh, verse 3 a little bit more, and then we'll, then we'll kind of move on for the rest of it, okay? So in verse 3, well, let me read what happens first. Okay, so to, to, it, those of you that maybe didn't catch Pastor Rick on the first two verses, this is Leviticus 10, 1 and 2. Let me pray first. God, I just ask that you would come and, and, uh, and be with me as I present a study on Leviticus 10. And I just humbly thank you that I have the opportunity to share your word. And, and God, I just ask that you would bless anybody who's listening to this Bible study that they would hear from you. Lord God, something that will help them and to encourage them and improve their life and draw close to you and to know your heart for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, took either of them his censer and put fire therein and put incense thereon and offered strange fire before the Lord, which he commanded them not. And there went out fire from the Lord and devoured them, and they died before the Lord. Okay, so that is what happened. It's only two verses. That's that's a lot to happen in two verses. But if you remember the structure of the tabernacle, as you come in, there's a an outer court that is not covered. It's open open to the air because you have the the uh, brazen altar there where they did all the barbecue. Okay. And then, then you have the laver where the priests have to wash. Then you go into the holy place. And on the left-hand side is the, uh, is the menorah, the, candles, the, the candlesticks. On the right-hand side is the bread of the presence, the showbread. And then right in the middle, as you walk in, is the altar of incense. And that's right before the veil that goes into the Holy of Holies, which is where the Ark of the Covenant is and the mercy seat. So... That's where they are. They're on the inside. They're in the holy place, and they're standing at that altar of incense just before you go into the Holy of Holies. And they offer a strange fire. And, we, and Pastor Rick took us through Exodus 
where he where it's described in detail that how the incense is supposed to be put together and offered there and it was made very clear that on do it only this way and so these two guys do it a different way and um, so the Lord the Lord took their lives for it so then in verse 3 now this is after after the event okay we sort of get sort of the collateral damage after the event so Moses then Moses said to Aaron, okay, so Moses comes in to give sort of a, uh, really an interpretation to help explain why this happened. I mean, that's a major event. Two priests of the Lord, right, the oldest sons of Aaron, the high priest, just died in, inside the tabernacle. Okay, so Aaron's in shock, right? He just lost... His two oldest sons, which, if you know anything about Middle Eastern culture and uh, that time period, I mean that was that was big. That that was that's a, a blow to the family right there. Lost his two oldest sons, so Aaron is just standing there, just in total shock, you know, and uh, and everybody else is like just dumbstruck. And so Moses, as a leader, has to come in, and so he said to Aaron. This is it that the Lord spoke. Okay, so in other words, the Lord said this. This is what the Lord said. I will be sanctified in them who come near me, and before all people I will be glorified. And Aaron held his peace. So, so there's Moses saying, this is why this happened. So, it stands to reason that we should look at this a little bit. Uh, so, Moses says, the Lord said this, By those who come near me, I must be regarded as holy. That's the New King James. Okay? And before all people, I must be glorified. Alright, so this, this specific quotation by Moses is actually not found in this exact form previously. So we don't know exactly what Moses might be quoting. Or maybe it was just something that God told him directly. But... But Moses is saying that, sort of gives this quotation, it's, it's similar to Exodus 19.22. Okay? Exodus 19.22. I'll give you just a second to find Exodus 19.22. Okay, you got it? Huh? I can't hear you. Okay, good. Also, let the priests who come near the Lord consecrate themselves, lest the Lord break out against them. Okay, that word consecrate is the same word that's used here for be regarded as holy or be sanctified. So, okay, so it's it's the same word for consecrate. All this stuff about we we've studied consecrating the priests and we've studied consecrating, uh, you know, pouring the anointing oil on all of the the tabernacle furniture to consecrate it. That's the same word here that's translated as be sanctified or to be made holy. It's consecrated. I'll be consecrated. Now, I did a word study. Okay? did a word study in Hebrew. Hebrew word study. Okay, now, now just this is, this is a preliminary, a mediocre word study, okay? But, but I think I did enough that it's going to help us. All right? And you could go further into this if you wanted to. I think I did enough that it will help us. And those first two lines, so... So in English, the English translation gives us four lines. Okay? So the first two lines are, By those who come near me, 
I must be regarded as holy. And that's the New King James. And that's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. That's 12 words. Okay, 12 words. In Hebrew, it's two words. <laughs> okay? In Hebrew, it's two words. So, just understand that when we're dealing with our English translation, we are trying to present in English a, a, a concept that's only presented in two words of Hebrew. And that's a challenge, okay? So that, that's one of the things that we're up against. And so we've got to study these two words and really see, because Moses says two words to, to express a whole range of ideas. And so we have to look at that. So the first word is near, okay? And that's, that's, that's in the first line, by those who come near me. And so the first word is near. So the way that it's presented, it's just, if anybody's going to come near me, in those who come near, okay? Inside of those who come near. Inside the person who comes near me. Oh, we're getting a little deeper here as to what might be going on, what it might have been happening with Nadab and Abihu. As Moses is saying that there might be something inside of them that really caused this to happen in their hearts, right? It's not that they were confused about the regulation. I mean, it was very specific. You know, it's not that they fell asleep, you know, during the lecture. <laughs> you know, or that they were playing on their... They, they weren't on Facebook while Moses was uh, giving the PowerPoint presentation. or something. You know, I mean, they, they knew. They knew how to do it. They, they knew what they were supposed to do. So it's not a sin of ignorance. It's not a sin of ignorance that they didn't know. Okay, so I think that's the first thing that we see as we study this Hebrew word study is it's inside of. So what is it about that was inside of them that created this scenario where they did this that offended the Lord so bad? So then the second word is is the word for set apart or consecrated, and that's kodesh. Sure, I said that wrong, but whatever. So, in those who come near, come close. Okay, and the second, so that's the the verb is called dash consecrated. Okay, so you, it's it's a uh, what's called a reflexive verb where you reflect towards someone else what's in what's inside of you. So you reflect the consecration back towards God. And so, if you think about the process of being consecrated as a priest, and we've studied that, right? Leviticus chapter eight. Okay, they had to do they had to do multiple sacrifices. They had to be anointed with oil. They had to have uh, blood put on their right earlobe, their right thumb, and their right toe. Um, they had to they had to stay inside the tabernacle area for seven days. I mean, they had this whole process, lengthy process. Oh yeah, and oh, they they had to they had to take their robes off and and have water poured over them by Moses in front of the whole congregation. Ooh. 
I mean, these two guys did that. Okay, they, they went through the whole process of being set apart. And the idea is this, is that as, as, as that process is, it has two purposes. One, it consecrates the person to God, okay? But it also is supposed to consecrate in their hearts God, inside of their hearts. Let me say that again. It has, it has two parts, okay? That as God is consecrating them so that their sin be, be covered and their sin be removed by the sacrifice of the animal and they have the anointing oil, okay, they're consecrated to come in the presence of the Lord. At the same time, what's supposed to happen is their hearts are being consecrated towards God on the inside. And somehow that didn't happen with these two guys. Is really what Moses is saying to Aaron is, is I don't know how. I don't know how Nadab and Abihu missed it. They've been in church their whole life. They've heard all the sermons, right? They've, they've sung all the hymns. They have all the hymns memorized. But somehow, God had, did not get consecrated in their hearts. They went through all the motions. They're the preacher's kid, right? That's right, Jason. They're the preacher's kid. And, the, and, the, and, and but, but the Lord... They, their hearts didn't belong to God on the inside. Okay, so that that's that's the word study right there. How'd I do? I do all right. So, so that's the first part, and then the second part takes us to, and before all the people, I will be glorified. Now, now notice, however, that the two concepts have to go together. In other words, when the spiritual leader has God consecrated in their hearts, then you're in a position to lead the people into the glory of God. So it starts with leaders. It starts with raising up spiritual leaders who have God consecrated in their hearts. And that's the fight we're in right now, not just in the Methodist church, right? just everywhere, is who are we going to say is able to be a leader? Sinless people? No. No, no. But people who are willing to say that sin is what God says it is, not what I say it is. In other words, uh, I've read the Bible, and I'm willing to say that if God says it's sin, it's sin, and I'm not going to make up my own definition for sin. And I'm not going to make up my own process for approaching God and force my idea on God. And that's really what Nadab and Abihu did. They tried to create their own way of approaching God. And God said, no, you can't. You can't come to me with your own idea and ex expect me to swallow it. Not at all. How am I doing with application? <laughs> am I hitting the mark? So those who want to be leaders in the church, know this. God's going to require you to be consecrated in your heart towards Him. You know? Now what kind of fire came out? That's what I want to know. Because it says here, uh, as we go down in verse 4, oh wait, now wait a second, hold on, hold on, hold on, I wasn't done with that. No, 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 no. 
I'm going too fast. Now let's look at that again. The word here in the second phrase where it says before all the people. That word before, that, that actually is in the face of. Right in front of. In the face of the people. And immediately I thought, man, when a preacher gets up, he's looking at a bunch of faces. And in the faces of those people, sitting in the chairs or sitting in the pew or wherever you are, wherever you're preaching, you have a responsibility, preacher, pastor, minister of the Lord, to glorify God in front of those faces. And if you don't, you don't have to answer to me. (laughs) I'd be more lenient, I think. (laughs) I I don't have power to judge you the way God does, nor do I have the wisdom to judge you fairly the way God would. But you're going to have to answer to God whether or not... So the question is not, as you're preparing a sermon or a message or, or whatever it is in front of the people, the question is not, are the people going to like it? Are the people going to like me? Will this sermon be accepted and, and are people going to venerate me as a great orator, as a wonderful speaker? You know, is it going to be played on YouTube and how many views am I going to get? If that's your thought process preparing a sermon, then uh, it's all about you. You're glorifying yourself and how people are going to think about you. And that, that can't be your approach to ministry. Because if it is, you're not glorifying God in the face of the people, you're glorifying yourself. It's got to be, is God going to be glorified? Is my heart right? It doesn't matter if the sermon's terrible. God doesn't care about that. God could take the worst sermon in the world and fall in the power of the Holy Spirit and change everybody's life because He'll... He'll bless the heart of the leader that's trying at least to glorify God. So it doesn't matter if you're the best speaker or the worst speaker or whatever. Are you seeking to glorify God when you are ministering in the faces of those people? You have an opportunity to glorify the Lord. What are you going to do with that opportunity? God will honor you. Don't, you know... Get up there and preach a bad sermon on purpose and just, you know, trust the Lord to do something. You know? Confuse everybody. If your heart's in the right place, if your heart is seeking to glorify, if God God is sanctified in your heart, and you have set Him in your heart as holy, honor that. It's not about being perfect. It's not about being the best pastor or the best speaker. It's about sanctifying the Lord in your heart and then glorifying Him in the face of the people. And man, God will bless that. God will really bless that. So take the pressure off of you. Put the pressure on God. Say, God, I just I want to sanctify you in my heart and I just I want to glorify you in the face of all these people. And sometimes I just don't know how to do it and I'm afraid they won't like me. But God, help me get over that so that we can get something done for the kingdom. Man, what a great prayer. Now, Now, okay, I think I'm done with that part. I think I'm done with verse 3. Verse 4. I've got 10 minutes. That's not enough time. Whatever. All right, so then Moses has to take over. And so he, he, he calls these two guys who, who's the, the, the nephews of Aaron, okay? Sons of Uziel, the uncle of Aaron. Wait, no. So Aaron's cousins. That's what it would be then. Aaron's cousins. Mishael and Elzaphon. Okay. If I ever have a dog, I'm going to name it Elzaphon. And uh, so 
So he tells them to come and take take the two bodies and carry them outside of the camp. Okay? So he has these two guys do it instead of Aaron's sons because Aaron and his sons are still within the seven-day period of consecration that's established in uh, Leviticus chapter 8. And, th- and that's referenced in, uh, in a couple verses down in verse 7. It says, You shall not go, not go out from the door of the tabernacle of the congregation lest you die for the anointing oil of the Lord is upon you. And so that's, that's Leviticus 8.33 where it says, And you shall not go out of the door of the tabernacle of the congregation in seven days until the days of your consecration be ended. For seven days shall he consecrate you. So they have to stay for seven days. Okay, They have to stay for seven days. So Aaron and his sons and the other sons are, are not allowed to take the body out because they they would break the commandment to stay inside for seven days during the period of, of priestly consecration. So he gets the cousins to take them out. Okay? So then, uh, but then, if you notice, it says here that it's supposed to take them out of the camp. Now, what does that remind you of? The sin offering. Right? The sin offering. Where... where the the sacrifice, the bull or the ram, you take you take the call liver, the membrane liver thing, and then you take the two kidneys and all the fat, and the whole the rest of it goes outside the camp, and is burned outside the camp. And then, but Aaron's two sons, when they're judged, they're taken outside the camp. So so what's the connection here? It's all of us deserve to be drug outside the camp. Really. All of us deserve to be drug outside the camp. But because, but out of the grace of God, He allows the animal to be drug outside the camp until the time of Jesus. And then Jesus died outside the camp. So the sins of the worshiper are born inside the body of the animal, and then the sins are taken outside the camp. But Nadab and Abihu bore their own sins in their own bodies. You get that? But and they they didn't trust they did not trust in the sacrifice of the animal to take the sins outside the camp, so their own bodies had to be taken outside the camp. But Jesus bore our sins in his body on the cross outside the camp. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. So what kind of fire was this? Because it says here uh so they went near and carried them in their coats outside the camp. As Moses said, in other words, the the tunics of the clothing of Nadab and Abihu was still there. So it's not it's not a fire like a campfire because it would have burned up all the clothing. It's not that kind of it's not it's not a natural fire. If you remember uh, the the burning bush, Moses has seen that type of fire before once with the burning bush where he saw fire, but it was not consuming the bush. And it's, it's, it's some kind of holy fire that only God knows the true nature of it. It's a fire that came out of heaven and was able to consume them without, in other words, it killed them without burning up the clothing and the body. So the bodies weren't charred. You know they're not they're not black bodies and you know all charred and burns like you think of. It's a it's a 
It's a fire that's not of this world. It's a fire that's not a natural fire. It's a fire that only God really knows the true nature of it. But it was able to judge the sins of the two leaders who, who, who went before the Lord in a way where, where God was not sanctified in their hearts. Now, now let's look at this word here where it says uh, holy, glorified. Okay, so I'm, I'm jumping around a little bit, but let's go back to verse 3 where it says in the, in the before the people, and we talked about how that's in the face of the people. That word before, okay, the, the literal word in, in Hebrew is it face. And so we talked about as a pastor when you stand up in front of a congregation and you see the faces of the people, know you have a responsibility. Before the face of the people, I will be glorified. Now that word for glorified, okay, is and you may have heard this before if you if you're somebody who does Bible studies, for being glorified is the same word as actually weighty, having weight, or having or being uh, heavy. In other words, God will be presented to someone that we need to take seriously. It's having weight in our lives as as giving us direction like a compass that the leaders are expected to give glory, give weight to God in the faces of the people. And when we don't do that, when we play the little game of, you know, uh, are people going to like me? You know, am I going to get a bunch of smiles and handshakes? Am I going to get a bunch of emails? You know, and <laughs> man, I grew up in the Methodist church and, you know, the pastor stands in the back after every service, right? And you got to walk by, shake his hand, and say, Good sermon, Pastor, even though it was terrible. Right? <laughs> right? <laughs> How many pastors did I shake their hand and say, Good sermon? And, it was, and I'd, have a, I'd, I'd have a clue what he was saying. <laughs> but, you know, but, you know, we already talked about how it's not really if you the best, give the best sermons or not. Are you sanctifying God in your heart? That was really the problem with these two guys. And so when you, we do that and we glorify, we give weight to God before the people, then the Lord will honor that. So this is a convicting passage for leaders, for those who want to be consecrated before the Lord. Okay, so now let's just take a look here. One last thing I got just a couple minutes that I think this is important to touch on, that this was a little bit of a turning point in uh, this whole process of establishing the sacrificial system and the priesthood. Because up to this chapter, uh, chapter 10 in, in, in Leviticus, the idea that God would actually kill the priests who do not perform uh, the prescribed order of things wasn't really emphasized. It's only in... Uh, it's only here in verse, uh, well, I wrote it down. It's 8.35, okay? So all the way up from, from Leviticus chapter 1, all the way up until, going through a whole all the sacrifices, all that, and all the consecration, only up, and in verse 35 it says, that's the first mention of if you don't do it right, you'll die. Okay? So it says here in verse 35, Therefore shall you abide at the door of the tabernacle of the congregation day and night seven days and keep the charge of the Lord that you die not. For so I commanded. 
Okay? But then somebody actually did die. And that sort of changed the perspective a little bit because at that moment, Moses then, in chapter 8, after this happens to Aaron's two sons, he warns Aaron three different times that he needs to do this or he's going to die. So the, the so we have in Leviticus 8, 6, 8, 7, and 8, 9, the emphasis that if it's not done correctly, then the, then the priest will die. And then you have in Leviticus 16, 2, and 13, talking about the Day of Atonement, that if they don't do it right, if the priests don't do it right, then they will die before the Lord in His presence. Now, if that doesn't bring weight, <laughs> I don't know what will. In other words, what is God saying in this? Is God trying to make you afraid that He's going to kill you? No. He's trying to say He's holy. He's trying to say that He is holy, and at the very least, we consecrate Him in our hearts. And that as we approach Him, we receive Him as the only one who is holy and set apart in our hearts. And now, us who are sort of on the other side of the death of Christ and the resurrection know that through Jesus, we can come before the throne of grace without fear. So, those who came before the Lord in the Old Covenant, there's a little bit of fear involved now. And that's, that's the point I'm trying to make is, you know, establish the sacrificial system and up until a point, you know, and then all of a sudden somebody dies. And then it's like, oh, okay. There's some fear involved here in being a priest and being consecrated. There's a weight of responsibility. Well, now we can come before the Lord without fear because our sins are totally covered by Jesus, but the weight and responsibility is not removed. You read the New Testament, and that will be clear. The weight and responsibility of a Christian leader is not removed. And it's wonderful because it's not just the priest who can come before the Lord now. It's all believers, right? The priesthood of all believers. But the responsibility of honoring the Lord, of, of setting the Lord apart in your heart, is not removed. We are all required to do that. And we do it now through Jesus and through the power of the Holy Spirit that fills the believer. So that is a little study on Leviticus chapter 10. I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I hope you were blessed by it, encouraged, challenged too. But I hope that it helps you draw near to God and you have a great day. Stay tuned. We've got some Bible studies coming up. Hallelujah. Bye-bye. Eu quero ser